This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. The heartbeat of Saskatchewan is agriculture, and 620 CKRM is proud to be your source for everything ag. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com and brought to you by Assiniboia Livestock for the most reliable and dependable way to market your livestock. Today we talk with Agriculture Minister David Merritt on today's $9 million federal provincial funding for crop research in Saskatchewan. The announcement was made in conjunction with Crop Production Week in Saskatoon. In a two-part interview, we also discuss recent snowfall and soil moisture and yesterday's release of the Clubroot map. We also talk with the agronomy specialist with SAS Canola about details of the map. Real Agriculture talks with the head of the Pulse Growers of Saskatchewan during Crop Week. We also have an outlook from Crop Week. Chuck Penner talks about pea prices. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain, helping growers contract any type of grain. Call 1-800-324-7778. The federal and provincial governments will invest $9.1 million in crop-related research projects this year. The money comes from the Agriculture Development Fund, with another $4.1 million coming from various producer groups. David Merritt is Saskatchewan's Agriculture Minister and made the announcement this morning. We have announced 55 crop-related research projects to deal with a variety of different issues in the neighbourhood of about nine. There's just over $9 million, Jim. And and this is really in partnership, obviously, with the provincial government, federal government, and also a lot of the private sector as well. There's a lot of crop-related commissions and, and commodity groups that are also part of this funding as well. And it's really important that we continue the research on a lot of different uh, avenues, Jim, it's really important for us to look at, you know, there's there's some that look at the impact of intercropping and what the impact might have on pulse crops on that side of it. Also looking at proteins in canola and things like that, that how do we work with those things? So there's quite a, there's a significant number. And obviously looking at club root in canola, but also in root rod diseases in pulse crops as well. So I'm very excited about it. It's something we've done now for a number of years. I think over the last five years, it's, uh, you know, over $50 million has been invested in research. And it's important for us as a province. As you know, Jim, ag is the number one industry here. We want to see this sector grow, and we need the research to develop, obviously, new varieties and making sure we're looking after any diseases or any impacts that might come about to those crops. These 55 projects, are they mostly on-farm? How does that work? No, there a lot of them are at the Research Crop Development Center and at the university in partnership with that, and some will be field tested as well. But it's just important for us to continue. And, and, and I do have to mention the private partners in this too, Jim, because they significantly invested over $4 million into this as well. And just a couple of examples of who they are is obviously Saskatchewan Canola Development Council, the Saskatchewan Pulse Growers, the, the Prairie Oat Association, and uh, obviously the, the grain commissions too, like the flax and the wheat and partners, and also some Alberta entities as well, and or out of province, I should say, whether it's Alberta or Manitoba. So it's important to build those partnerships and relationships because obviously Saskatchewan and the university is, Saskatchewan is a lead in ag research, and it's important for us to continue this. 
And it also allows us to attract top researchers from around the world, Jim. And I think that's an important message to get out there. We are really attracting some very bright, brilliant young people to the province of Saskatchewan to do research in crop development. This year's $9 million, how does that compare with other years? It's down a bit, but it's it's up from over the, you know, from when we first started with this program. So as I said, now over the last five years, we're, uh, you know, just over $50 million. So we see that as a significant contribution. Obviously, this isn't a partnership uh, with the federal government. It's under Ag Development Fund uh, that the province can commit those kind of dollars to research. And this is part of it. You've touched on this, but just how important is this research? Well, it's really important, Jim. I mean, we're seeing, obviously, last year's a good example, or, you know, a bad example, obviously, not with research, but because of the uh, end results with the drought and and things like that. So the research really does look at even some of that. How can we improve drought tolerance? How can we improve heat tolerance? How can we improve crop rotation and and disease impacts on pulses and and all of it? And uh, finding new uh, wheat varieties or cereal crop varieties that are higher yielding or higher proteins or things like that. You know, one of the projects we approved a couple of years ago, Jim, just to give you an example, was yellow peas. And just seeing, you know, how that could work to get a higher protein of of over 25% protein. So there's things like that that are really trying to obviously improve the quality crop, but also it really uh, helps us hit our growth target of 2030, where we want to really see production increase to 45 million metric tons and really seeing the dollar value increase in both value added and in value processing as well, Jim. Saskatchewan Agriculture Minister David Merritt. Coming up, he discusses recent snowfall, adding moisture to drought-stricken areas of the province, and yesterday's release of the club route map. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. This portion is brought to you by Seedmaster. No matter what you grow, Seedmaster has the ultimate seeding solutions for better crops and bigger profits. Seedmaster.ca Agriculture Minister David Merritt says recent snowfall will improve low soil moisture reserves, but more will be needed. In an Agri-News interview today, Merritt says any moisture is welcome after the serious drought of 2021. It's obviously good to see some snow, you know, on the ground. I know uh, traveling into Regina the other day, you know, the ditches are are fairly full. And you look out in the fields and there's snow out there. And obviously there's going to be some runoff, which is really important for the for the livestock sector, for for everybody, really. But to see some snow on the ground and and out in the fields is obviously a good thing. If we need the moisture, we'll need more and take more, and hopefully we'll get some more. Tell me a little bit about the club route map that was released yesterday. What does it mean to Saskatchewan? Well, it, this is really an important exercise, Jim, and we're in partnership, obviously, with the, the canola growers, and, and how this works is really, uh, you know, we there's uh, what we call plant health officers, and this in partnership with SARM where these plant health officers will go out and research canola ground there, you know, in certain areas where we have seen club root. And we've, uh, we just, uh, in partnership, want to make sure that obviously we really want to protect the producers, we want to protect the, the landowners, and obviously we really have a very, very strong canola market here. And uh, it's just ongoing, continuing research where we do field inspections. I believe last year there was well over 200 RMs that were involved in it last year with over you know 750 fields were inspected by our young plant health officers where we really go in and test and see if the club root pathogen is there and work with the farmers and the landowners and obviously the municipalities as well jim the club root map shows an expanded area not a grade i think it was something like nine fields your thoughts 
Yeah, you know, and, and that's and that's why we're really doing this. We're really trying to track it. Obviously, there's, you know, there's challenges around it and how you work with it and how you control the spread of it. And that's why it's really important. This is really an education awareness process that we're working with the landowners and with the municipalities and all concerned. We just want to make sure that we know where it is. We want to know, uh, you know, if it's moving, how it's moving. And work with all stakeholders and the industry as well. I mean, there's all aspects of, of it just to see that, you know, we don't see a continued spread of it and how we can work with everybody to control it. And that's really what it's about, Jim, is how do we control club root? And I think the keys there are using resistant varieties and three-year crop rotation. Right. And, that, you know, and that's, what, that's what I say. This is really like an education process. And, you know, there is club root resistant varieties out there now. And we work with the farmers and the, you know, the producers as well at looking at crop rotation and how that works as well and the importance of it. And uh, we want to continue this education process because that's really what it is. We're just we're there to help the producers, help the landowners to ensure that obviously we can continue to see the canola industry grow here in the province. As everyone knows with the crush plants coming to Saskatchewan, we will need a very strong canola industry here in the province of Saskatchewan, Jim. That's Agriculture Minister David Merritt. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your RealAgriculture.com update. Bring the energy of Real Ag Radio to your next customer meeting or conference. From your stage, we'll record an episode in person to inform and provide insight on the latest in agriculture. Sean Haney here with RealAgriculture.com and Real Ag Radio. We're in January, which means this is when we typically have a lot of the Crop Commission AGMs. One of the ones that's happened this week is Saskatchewan Pulse Growers. We're talking right now to the chairman of Saskatchewan Pulse Growers, Sean Deerland. Hey, Sean, how are you? Hey, I'm doing really good, Sean. How are you doing? Hey, I'm doing fantastic. There's, yeah. a, there's a change coming. Uh, let's, let's start with what the change is. Uh, yeah, so I guess I'll give a little bit of a background that SPG had an uh, agreement with uh, CDC um, that I believe ran from 1997 um, all the way up to 2020. Uh, it was a, an agreement to for CDC to do exclusive breeding for SPG, and then those varieties that were developed from that agreement would be released royalty-free to producers. Um, I guess the change is going to happen uh, before the expiry of that agreement, um, CDC notified SPG that uh, they were no longer interested in um, pursuing, I guess, a similar agreement and were more interested in some sort of um, arrangement where multiple they would pursue multiple funding partners and would be releasing varieties for royalties. So that was kind of the the beginning of I guess the change that's that's coming. So now, what are SPG's intentions on the go forward? Are are you looking for new partners to to work with? Yeah. So after we were notified of that, we uh, initially our, our our hope was that we could continue in a similar fashion. So we we actually made a proposal to CDC to to continue in a similar fashion to to the previous agreement and. They were not interested in in that. So after after that, we, we started looking at different ways that we could um, that we could advance false breeding in Saskatchewan for the benefit of producers. And we started to look at uh, much in the similar way that the CDC was in pursuing you know different partners that we could work with. 
for breeding and uh, probably a royalty model in the future. Okay, moving to a royalty model. Okay, so one of the questions I'm sure that our audience is wondering is we, you know, as you describe kind of the history here, is what what happens to the varieties that were developed through the CDC under the prior agreement? Well, are are those going to have a royalty in the future? Will they stay royalty free? Those varieties, any varieties that were developed under the previous agreement, will remain royalty free, um, and that would depend upon where where they were in the development cycle um, at the end of the, the agreement in 2020. So there will be, <clears throat> excuse me, there will be varieties being released that will be royalty-free uh, this year and continuing for some time that they'll be royalty-free. You described yesterday some key principles, th- things that are just critical for SPG to enter into an agreement with a breeding partner and provide funding. Uh, yeah. can, can you can you talk about those? Those are interesting. I got some follow up questions based on those principles, but describe those principles. Yeah. So as a board, we we came up with the principles that there has to be. Well, we're going to take an investor mindset going forward with uh, with our breeding partnerships. That there has to be a return, a benefit to producers for us pursuing um, an agreement uh, with a breeding partner, and if the if the breeding partner wants to pursue royalties or if there is a need to have royalties on the variety, that there has to be a return on that investment and a return of the royalty stream, a portion of it to, to SBG to further advance pulse breeding, uh, to further advance market development for Saskatchewan producers. And in terms of the value sharing you talked about in the presentation, well, yep. that, that's one of the principles. What do you mean by that? There has to be some value sharing with growers. Uh, yeah, just that we we require that it's. Um, I, I guess what it comes down to is that we we don't think that that growers would be interested in simply being a granting organization. There's a great concern about where all of the value for the seed uh, in certain other crops. There's a very high cost associated with the seed, and we've had concerns from producers that that's that's a problem. You can hear the rest of my conversation with Sean Deerland of Saskatchewan Pulse Growers at realagriculture.com. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devon at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Partly cloudy today, wind west 30, gusting to 50. The high, plus 1. Fog patches developing overnight, the low, minus 7. It's so nice to have the milder weather. Wednesday, partly cloudy, fog patches dissipating in the morning, wind west 20. The high plus 3 Wednesday, wind chill minus 11 tomorrow morning, the low minus 8. Thursday, cloudy, 60% chance of flurries, the high minus 4, the low minus 13. Friday, sunny, the high minus 9, the low minus 11. Saturday, partly cloudy, the high minus 1, the low minus 8. Sunday, partly cloudy, the high minus 6, the low minus 15. Monday, partly cloudy, with a high forecast of minus 10. Normal high for this date, minus 11. The normal low is minus 23. The sun rose at 8.56 this morning. It sets at 5.17 tonight. And around the province, right now, the hot spot, 
Maple Creek for the second day in a row. It's at plus 6. The cold spot up north, Uranium City at minus 30. Estevan plus 1, Saskatoon minus 4. Swift Current plus 1, Weyburn 0, Yorkton is minus 3. Regina has scattered clouds, and it's minus 1. That's 30 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the west at 31. Humidity is 73%. The barometer dropping 101.4. Park the cloudy and moose jaw plus 1. Winds are from the west at 44, gusting to 55. Once again, Regina, scattered clouds, minus 1. That's 30 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. Get out to an early start on weed control in next year's canola and lentil crop using Group 3 Edge Microactive from Gowan Canada this fall. Edge Microactive, maximize yields today and manage resistance for tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers. McDougalAuctions.com. And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems expect the best. The Saskatchewan government and Sask Canola have released the latest Club Root survey map. The map shows the club root pathogen has been detected in soil samples in another nine fields for a total of 38 fields in Saskatchewan. These results are compiled each year through ministry surveys and samples submitted by producers. The areas affected are north of Yorkton, south and west of Saskatoon, west of Swift Current, and parts of the northern grain belt around Prince Albert, Melfort, and North Battleford. The agronomy extension specialist for Sask Canola, Kaylee Kindrachuk, says it is important to detect club root spores early in a field. So what we uh, learned this year is that even though we do see, or we did have a dry year, we still see the progression of club root in both visual symptoms as well as through the soil samples where we don't see the visible symptoms, but we still are detecting the club root pathogen DNA. So it's still important to be scouting fields and soil sampling regardless of what the weather does. There are some other recommendations, too, for producers, like using resistant varieties and rotation, correct? Yes. So we would still like producers and agronomists, and we still want everybody to be keeping spores low and keeping spores local. So what we do recommend is a minimum two-year break between canola crops, so using crop rotation to our advantage, scouting throughout the growing season, and, and then taking advantage of soil testing to find the spores early before we start seeing visual symptoms, growing club root resistant varieties everywhere that you can, and then controlling all brassica weeds in all crops. So regardless of, of what you're planting, controlling the brassica weeds. How serious is club root a problem in Saskatchewan? It seems to be all over the place. It, you know, traditionally we thought, you know, maybe it would be up in the north, but it seems to be all over the province. So all fields are at risk, and so we do ask producers, regardless of where you are in the province, to, to keep scouting and keep monitoring your fields. You have a monitoring program. How does that work? So we don't have the details for 2022 yet. Those should be released uh, in the coming months, but we do have soil testing labs here in the province uh, where you can send soil samples away to them. Um, and they will be able to detect the club root pathogen DNA in the soil sample at very low levels. So you'll know if you have club root, the pathogen in the field before you start seeing visible symptoms. 
it's a spore pathogen disease in the soil itself. How badly does it affect canola crop production? So we can see fairly large yield hits if we are not trying to manage the disease early or before we even see it in the field. So the key to, doing, to managing it is to manage it early before we see anything, even if it's not in our RM or not in our area, start managing it before you see anything. Like Saskanola will continue to invest levy dollars into the provincial clubroot survey programs to help farmers manage the disease. Kaylee Kendrachuk is the agronomy's extension specialist with Saskanola. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumberyard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com A sharp decrease in production and a shifting of markets highlight the pea market outlook. Chuck Penner with Left Field Commodity Research made the presentation yesterday prior to the Saskatchewan Pulse Growers Annual General Meeting. The drought slashed yellow pea production by 49%, with greens down 57% last year. All this means much higher prices and more sales to the United States and less to China and other Asian nations. Penner talks about how this will impact 2022 seeded area. There's really almost no new crop bids for green peas right now, and only a few on yellows, uh, and they range from 11 to $13 a bushel, roughly. Uh, for new crop yellow pea bids. So we're expecting a, a small increase or recovery in seeded area uh, from last year. Part of that, nitrogen costs and how that could push acres toward pulses. But then there's also still disease issues that will limit the increase and, and a whole bunch of other things in terms of crop rotations. But we're expecting maybe a five or a little bit more percent increase in seeded area. Penner isn't expecting a quick bounce back from the 2021 drought and is penciling in a below average estimate for pea yields in 2022. The long-term yield numbers uh, suggest there's greater odds of below average yields again next year, 2022. So right now our forecast, we're forecasting a 5% below average uh, yield already for next year, whereas normally we, we use average yields at this point. Penner goes on to say. But what that means is if we use those lower below average yields and even with increased acres, supplies of both yellow and greens, uh, this includes uh, minor classes as well, but supplies of both aren't going to get back to where we were for the previous five years or so. We're in a tight situation regardless, even with more acres I mean, we could have a fabulous spring and timely rains all summer and, and that sort of thing, which will help. But right now, anyway, that's the outlook that we're using. Penner is pleased to see higher demand for peas in North America as plant-based food products continue to gain traction among consumers. We do have this firm domestic use in Canada and in the U.S., and that's great because that's the inelastic demand. Uh, it's kind of like the canola crush demand. When supplies get tight, they are the most aggressive bidders. So that's positive. I think we'll see some acreage and a production response, not just in North America, but these high prices will tend to encourage more production in the Black Sea region, for example, and maybe it's in Western Europe as well, too. 
Penner says the long-term question is, will China continue to buy Canadian yellow peas in large volumes in the future? China imported roughly 3 million tons of peas in 2020. About half of that, and that's a real rough guesstimate, about half of that was feed demand. And so that, as soon as yellow pea prices got up to where they were, that demand just evaporated. So it's, it's really using uh, peas for protein, uh, for fractionation, essentially. The rest of that Chinese demand uh, has disappeared. So when will it come back? Will it come back? At what price? And where will its sources be? So there have been numerous reports of uh, China loosening phytosanitary restrictions on Black Sea peas. Uh, and I think, again, that urgency is greater now than it's ever been. Penner says another long-term question is whether there's a ceiling on Canadian pea acreage. Aphanomyces or root rot could limit area because a six to eight year break is recommended for fields with serious disease issues. Chuck Penner with Left Field Commodity Research made his comments yesterday prior to the SAS Pulse Growers annual general meeting. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source, 620 CKRM. Dr. Bunyamin Tarrant received the Pulse Promoter Award at yesterday's Saskatchewan Pulse Growers Annual General Meeting. University of Saskatchewan chickpea breeder has been in Saskatoon for 21 years. Dr. Tarrant has released 16 chickpea cultivars over that period and co-developed several others. That came at the Pulse Growers Annual General Meeting. Market update brought to you by Nelson GM in Assiniboia and Avonlea. With new inventory arriving daily, they'll find a vehicle that fits your agriculture lifestyle. Proudly serving southern Saskatchewan for over 60 years, see Nelson GM today. Grain prices were mixed in early trading today. Viterra prices for canola rose 70 cents at $988.22 per metric ton. Oats fell $120, a big drop for oats at $471.53. One red spring wheat went up $2.23 at $420.34. The rest were all unchanged. Durham, $726.11. Feed barley, $383.64. Flax, $1,470.59 per metric ton. Lentils, $986.50. Yellow peas, $632.89. And feed wheat, $261.65. At Minneapolis, March spring wheat gained 11 and 3 quarter cents at 9.26 a bushel. It's the Livestock Reports on The Source, 620 CKRM. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn, 842-4574. And now, the latest Livestock Quotes. This is the market report for the Weyburn Livestock Exchange for the week of January 11th. We had our first regular sale on January 5th. The market was about the same as it was before Christmas. D1 and D2 cows sold from $0.66 cents to $0.74. Cents. D3 cows sold from $0.55 cents to $0.65. Cents. Counter cows sold from $0.45 cents to $0.55. Cents. And good butcher bulls sold from $0.94 cents to $1.02. We haven't had a calf sale here yet. Our first one is on the 17th. It is full. I will have the results of that sale next Tuesday. This has been Stephanie Dagg reporting from the Weyburn Livestock Exchange, the market that gets cattle and the prices too. And now the latest Saskatchewan pork prices. Ham sold 8,000 hogs Monday, selling in a range of 172 to 185 per CKG. Today's sales are expected to be around 7,200 head, selling in a range of 173 to 185 per CKG. Ham's number one sow this week are down, selling in a range of 44 to 51 cents per pound live weight. 
Ham's cash hog price today is up, and four contract prices open mixed this morning. Monday, the Canadian dollar is down 8 basis points, with the daily exchange rate of 1.2679. The Canadian dollar is currently trading at 79.32 cents U.S. Daily U.S. cash markets are higher relative to the previous day, but the weekly trend is mixed. Western Corn Belt National and USDA cutout formula regions are biasing higher so far this week. The national cutout adjusted base is trending flat, and is so far 14 cents U.S. 100 weight lower than we could go benchmark. While the net value of the cutout is still at record levels for the marketing week and 12% higher than the five-year average, the daily price has not shown significant upward momentum so far. Breaking news surfaced yesterday regarding an announcement that USA has been authorized to ship pork and pork products to India. While any new disappearance channel is objectively a good thing, the market for pork to India is negligible today. India typically imports less than 1,000 metric tons from all export partners, and according to the U.S. Meat Export Federation, net imports for 2021 are 638 metric tons from all regions. To be clear, the new trade deal is a positive development offering a lot of potential, but no one should expect cash or futures to rally because of possible market access to a fraction of 1,000 metric tons in current annual imports today. Coming up, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report, brought to you by Second Look Online Auction. Visit 2ndlookonlineauction.com to see what's up for bid. China and the Philippines have suspended imports of Canadian beef due to a detection of a cow infected with BSE in December. The rare case is believed to have occurred spontaneously and is the first BSE case in six years. China is the world's largest importer of beef and veal and Canada's third biggest export market. China took similar action against Brazil after that country confirmed BSE cases before restoring imports in December after a three-month interruption. The Canadian case is atypical, a form of BSE that can occur naturally in older cattle as opposed to classic BSE caused by an animal eating contaminated feed. So far, the disruption has not had any impact on Canadian prices, and the Canadian Cattlemen's Association expects the suspension to be short in duration. The federal government says the cow was euthanized on the farm and did not enter the food or animal feed chain. On the markets, the TSX is up 106 points to 21,178. The Dow has risen 25 points to 36,094. Oil has gained 286 to 8109 per barrel. The Canadian dollar is up 49 one-hundredths of a cent at 79.34 cents U.S. That's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the on-demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. Brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, following the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. 620 CKRM. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide.